you know, in, in this film, uh, as, as you, you've seen, it's, it's about cemeteries, but also it's about the, the world of the living. And in the world of the living, what I portrayed are always people moving from place to place. So, so you see, in the cemeteries, nothing happens. It's these amphitheaters of granite where nothing happens. But next to it, in the world we live in, Hong Kong is a very dense city. Uh, all across the film, from cemetery to cemetery, you see the people connecting from one place to the other. Either, you know, they go on, on the train or they, they go somewhere or they're waiting for the train. You know, they're connecting or they're taking the car and you see the cars on the bridge, you know, connecting places. And, and I think that's at one level. At another level, I think it's a little, um, it has a very dark connotation. But displacement, while people in Hong Kong, human beings, we move from place to place, at the end there is a final move. And the final move, I think there's a very dark element, which is, you know, basically you die and you go to the cemetery, that's it. And, 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 and that's how I thought. I thought, well, how to call this? You know, because, well, like, how to call this film? It could be something about Hong Kong cemeteries. Let's call it Hong Kong cemeteries or Hong Kong density, or just let's call it Hong Kong. Uh, or the metropolis, whatever. No, but I, uh, I thought, you know, what displacements, yeah, because people are moving from place to place all the time. And I thought, let's call it that way.
I mean, I've never been in a collaboration like this. So, you know, it's, it's something very unique for me. I mean, you know, and thanks, uh, Seth, for this opportunity on the festival to see how another artist, you know, how a musician will interpret, you know, what I mean, or capture somehow yeah. what I've been filming. And I think it's a wonderful platform. I mean, to give this opportunity to filmmakers and musicians, I think it's very brilliant. Yeah, well, I was really excited. I was really excited about, about your film. Like, when I, I, I saw a few, it was maybe the third or fourth one I watched or something. And then when I saw that, I was like, that's that's the one that's the one that I that I want please please don't give that to anyone else it's very different I'll, I'll be curious to hear what you think Manuel because it's uh you know the the original film has a lot of ambient sounds on it uh and you know all of those are gone and it replaced yeah, 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 yeah. music yeah. and but it's wonderfully sensitive music uh that, that, that Dave has done and I, th I think it fits the film very well Part of my Zoom conversation with composer David Keller and with the filmmaker Manuel Alvarez Diestro coming to us from Toulouse, France. Uh, Dave is in Chicago. I'm in Manhattan. You got to love this uh, Zoom world we're living in. You can talk to almost anybody that you want. Uh, they're talking about an upcoming performance called the Sound of Silent Film Festival. I talk about it like I don't know anything about it, but I'm actually the producer and creator of the festival. Uh, it's an ACM project, Access Contemporary Music. And this is our 15th anniversary of presenting modern silent films with newly commissioned scores performed live, or in this case, uh, performed and recorded in the theater and then synced up to the films and presented virtually. Uh, it was really fun to be able to catch up with uh, Dave and Manuel and talk about the collaboration. And I really enjoyed featuring music by uh, David Keller as well. It's, it's a marvelous score for this uh, film, Displacements, which juxtaposes these images of cemeteries in Hong Kong with uh, the, the very dense uh, Hong Kong that we, that we really think of, uh, all, all the people everywhere. Uh, but for some reason, they still have cemeteries there. And it's very interesting because they have to overlap in, in a really uh, fascinating way. And, and Manuel's film is, I, I think, absolutely beautiful. The original soundtrack, as he said, is, is just ambient sounds. Um, but Dave went a totally different direction with it. So again, the uh, film festival is in its 15th year, which uh, really <laughs> is pretty amazing for me. I remember the very first year. I had this idea. Uh, I wanted to do something with visuals, something with film, but I wanted the music to be equally important. So I wanted to work with silent film, but I felt like a lot of people had already been out there reinterpreting Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keaton, uh, you know, the, the classic Russian film, Battleship Potemkin. I just felt like that area had been fairly well trod. And uh, what, what could we do? We're a contemporary classical music organization. Let's do modern silent films. And of course, I knew nothing about the film world. I really didn't know what I was getting into. It took years before I started to even think about this event as a real film festival and, and to start getting submissions from filmmakers and, and to really, really get the quality of films up. Uh, now in our 15th year, I, I think we've got the highest quality films we've ever had. We got about 122 submissions, something like that, um, from all over the world, which is really exciting. And we worked with the film review panel to narrow that down to the 16 that we'll be showing on Friday, June 26th and Saturday, June 27th, two totally different programs, eight films on each. That's at seven o'clock central. And if you're listening to this podcast before that and you wanna check it out, uh, it's a free presentation. Just go to acmusic.org and register. 
why do we want you to register? Because we really want you to pay attention. We want to know you're serious because we put a lot of time and energy and money into making this the best production it can be. Um, if you're listening to this podcast after that, then just go to uh, ACM's YouTube channel. Those videos should still be up there at that point. So on today's program, I'm talking to several of the composers and uh, directors, and I'm not going to feature all 16 scores, obviously. I'm not going to do a three-hour podcast, um, but I do uh, have several. Probably won't play all of the scores. Um, I think that they do work better than the average film score uh, by itself without the film, considering the fact that the film is silent and there aren't so many sound effects, et cetera, et cetera. Nonetheless, it is a film score, so I'll probably excerpt most of them. But I want to give you a sense of what this is going to sound like. Hopefully, wet your curiosity so you'll check it out and hear these scores with the films. So we opened up today with Displacements, music by David Keller and film by Manuel Alvarez D'Estro. We're going to go now to a film called Frames with music by Trevor Patrick Watkin, uh, ACM's own Trevor Patrick Watkin. He has been the flute player in our ensemble for quite a while. He's also the director of operations at the ACM School of Music. And uh, the film is by Farhad Pakdel. It's about surveillance, uh, among other things. Surveillance is kind of the backdrop in which the the, uh, plot takes place. Uh, But Trevor opens up the film score in a very interesting way. Thank you. 
was pretty flummoxed in, in exactly how I wanted to approach it. Um, and so I had a friend that was staying with me um, for a few days, and I had her watch it with me um, without the soundtrack, and I wanted to hear her perspective on it. Um, and actually my upstairs neighbor as well, because, and, and of course everyone I showed it to reacted differently. They pointed out different things. And um, so what I did is I went through and I mapped out everything that I wanted to have happen. Of course, I only wound up keeping about a third of them, you know, because I, I overmapped and figured out kind of how I wanted the music to sound in various sections. And so, like I said, I mapped out the click track and I did something I've never done before. And what I would do is I would put my headphones on with the click track and I would just improvise to the movie. Um, and I was very surprised because when I did my first improvisation, the tone of the music came out completely different than what I was expecting. And I was really frightened that I was going down the wrong path. And I called up one of my buddies who's kind of like an artistic touchstone to me and I just kind of talked him through it, you know, because I really wanted to do right by this movie. I found it really affecting. Like I said, the very end, um, that was really something. And I really wanted to do right by this movie. The way that I saw the movie was the AI was almost a given. I realize now was how I was interpreting it. And I found that the movie was, a, to me, a really accurate depiction of depression. How was that experience for you, Farhad? Hearing, you know, seeing this film, you know, with this radically different... <laughs> this is yeah, something. actually, I, I listened to the initial, you know, recording. I haven't listened to the final, you know, output. But, well, it was so exciting because, well, we didn't, we didn't, you know, exchange a lot of, you know, to begin with, actually, we didn't exchange a lot of ideas. I didn't, I didn't want to influence, you know, because well, we already had a soundtrack. We already had a, like, you know, uh, a, a score. So this time it was a completely different experience. So I wanted it to be like that kind of extreme, you know, <laughs> experience. So, yeah, I just waited to, to, to see what's, uh, his take and yeah I was so amazed and it's so beautiful really. Director Farhad Pakdel talking about the experience of working with composer Trevor Patrick Watkin for this year's Samus Allen Film Festival. Frames will premiere on the first night June 26th so be sure and check it out it's a beautiful score by Trevor a wonderfully moving film by Farhad as well. Okay, let's go to a piece now, a film now, called Demons Before Breakfast. This is such a fun score by Jonathan Russell. The film is by Lauren McCune. The idea behind it is mental health um, and um, just that kind of internal dialogue everybody has with themselves whenever you're going through something and, um, and the way it kind of stops you from doing things or pulls you back or just affects your day-to-day -day life. So it's kind of like the character Lou is like, being plagued by our demons, essentially. And it's just kind of like in a funny, quirky way to do it. She's being plagued, but uh, I mean, at one point she comes to a, an understanding with her demon. Yeah, so the whole point, at the, well, the whole point at the end is that, you know, she has a cup of tea with her demon. <laughs> so it's about addressing them rather than trying to hide them or ignore them. So it gets to the point, you know, where the bit in the middle towards the end where like she kind of has that breakdown where she realizes that it just keeps appearing so by the end of the film it's like okay have a cup of tea with you and we'll try and find a bit of harmony so that's kind of like the idea 
my four-year-old loves the film as well. I showed it to him a few times. Really? He'd be kind of creeped out by it, but he he thinks it's he thinks the demon is hilarious. <laughs> oh, good! Because someone I showed it was like, "Oh, I didn't like your horror film," and I was like, "It's not a horror." <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's good. Okay. <laughs> John, it seemed like you gravitated towards this one. Um, or what? What were you thinking when you watched it? Yeah. You, you heard it, was, it was definitely my top choice by a, by a pretty wide margin. Um, yeah, I mean, I've just, I've, I, what, I, what really appeals to me about it is it just instantly evokes this very kind of specific sort of atmosphere, and um, and all, and because it was so short, it's like very, it, there's something very sort of compact and efficient about it. I feel, I felt like there was no sort of extraneous um, material at all, and I really like that about it too. And I also really like the way it seemed to like be intentionally kind of in the tradition of you know, traditional silent films. It seemed to be, it seemed like it was trying to intentionally evoke that world, which I found very appealing. There, there's a balance, it seems to me, between, you know, there, there's like, like, like the way that the film opens, when she moves her hands, you have this wonderful flourish. Um, there, there's a balance between kind of effects like that and, and uh, more thematic music. How, how did you think yeah. about that? Well, I, I, right, right before I started working on this, I had a conversation with, with another composer, acquaintance of mine, who had recently done his first film scoring project. And he gave me a very good warning, which is he basically said, don't do what I did, which is I just sort of watched from the beginning and tried to sort of like play music along with it and like match all their gestures. And he said, and it turned out to be a total disaster and I had to go back to the drawing board. And he said, what I did next is I wrote, I basically just tried to get into the mood of the movie and then wrote basically a, a concert suite of music, just like a separate piece. Then I used that um, as material for the film score. And so that was more the approach I took from the beginning, rather than trying to like match up all the actions, um, trying to really sort of get into the what is the mood of, of of this scene, of this part of the film, and then trying to just create some general music that goes with that without worrying about lining everything up. And then once I had that sort of basic framework and basic palette, then I went in and um, ended up getting and ended up being sort of more literal than I had originally expected I would be with some of the you know lining up a clockenspiel ding with a light bulb <laughs> going on and stuff like that um which which is really fun to do but i'm glad i did it in that order so that there was sort of a just a coherence to the music as music um not just sort of mickey mousing the the film <laughs> all right let's hear it uh this is the soundtrack for demons before breakfast by lauren McCune. it's a relatively short film so we'll hear the whole thing music of jonathan russell
love that ending. Music by Jonathan Russell for the film Demons Before Breakfast by Lauren McCune. And that is how we will open up the festival on June 26th. It's a super strong film, great score. Uh, I think it's a really fun way to open up the fest. Listen to how composer Victoria Malloway sets the mood immediately at the beginning of her film score for Death by Omelette.
I'm a pretty uh, old school uh, composer where I like to have manuscript paper at my keyboard and a pencil and I write. Uh, and then once I have my ideas written, then I go to Finale and, or an engraving program and, and get it all done and then it's done. Um, and so for this project, what I did, I put my laptop up and I was watching the film over and over and over and improvising and improvising to generate the material. And then I started writing down the notes and um, I didn't have any orchestration in my mind at first, which is weird for me, um, or instrumentation. Like I just had like notes and ideas and sketched them out. Um, and then I was like, Victoria, you really need to like start thinking about the tempo and like how is this going to fit with what's going on, not just these amorphous ideas. So then I started working kind of in tandem with my improvised ideas um, using both Finale and Pro Tools to get a uh, click track for myself to like figure out the appropriate tempo and how it works with the scene changes and to get things sort of synced um, when they needed to be. Um, so it was an interesting process for me, like using my old school methods, uh, but then quickly shifting over to Pro Tools and Finale to get um, to get it the pacing just right. Yeah, how how is that as a filmmaker, Greg? I mean, you know, your film is going to be. I mean, it's 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 a big big difference. Yeah, I mean, it has so much influence. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, it will be really exciting to hear a completely different score, especially since I'm so used to the existing score. You know, like that's, you don't realize how connected you are to that original score until it changes. Like even when, I think with, uh, like Death by Omelette was always that Stravinsky. In fact, I would say that like that music almost like edited the film. Like I was like following the music. Like at the original cut of it, there were almost no edits in the music. I just sort of was like, okay, oh, the, uh, something dramatic's happening now musically, so something has to dramatically happen in the film. You know, so it'll be interesting to see how that sounds with a score that was actually written for it. So that will be a really different thing. And then with, um, with Get the Fuck FK, whatever, I don't know if this is a PG, like if this is going to radio or what, what if we can swear. With, that, with Paris, um, that was like originally, I think the temp score was like a Philip Glass piece from Fiona Scotzi. And so hearing that, like, with the, the score then the composer did was, like, so, rel you know, so different because it was so much more kind of, you know, uh, looping and that, you know, you know, Philip Glass is, like, all the arpeggios and stuff. So it that was an exciting experience to hear what he came up with. So I'm now excited to hear a completely different take on it. Um, mm. So we'll see. So yeah, speaking of which, Rob, did you listen to the original score or did you uh, put it on mute and just jump right into scoring? Oh yeah, I listened to it. Yeah, I always, I mean, I'm really, I mean, the, the reality is is that any film can have 10 different scores and they're all equally great. I mean, because you can go in so many different directions that, and I'm used to hearing temp tracks from other films, so it doesn't really bother me. Um, and the thing about listening to an existing score that can be helpful is in terms of uh, tension and release and drama um, and figuring out kind of, you can always tell a director's intentions by the music being used. So you get the idea of the music out of it, um, out of your head, but you get the intention, where there's tension, where there's release, where there are dramatic um, sync points, 
all of those things you, you kind of look at. But yeah, to be truth be told, I think I saw it with the score maybe twice, and then no more than that. Because after that, then it starts fucking with your head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there goes radio. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> there goes PBS. Messing with your head. There's an ad for you. <laughs> so, you know, and it's interesting, too, because, um, you know, Rob works mostly with film, right? The music yeah. that you compose is mostly for film. And Victoria, I think is it, it's less usual for you. This was my very first film score. Oh, that's exciting. Good for you. It was exhilarating, and what a fun challenge. And, uh, yeah, I, it was great. Um, and, and, Rob, for you, I mean, you, you've composed so much for film. So when you're watching the film, I mean, you're, you're already kind of – I mean, you're thinking about timings. You're thinking about all that from the get-go, right? Well, I mean, what I love about this movie – by the way, um, Greg, this movie is awesome. Um, what I love about this film is that in many respects, it's, it's a cheeky homage to Hitchcock. And so I immediately went back to Bernard Herrmann, who I deeply, deeply, deeply love. And I thought, I'm going to do a pseudo Bernard Herrmann score, but take it a little bit, little bit further. And so what I kind of went back, I, I, I teach Vertigo in one of my film scoring classes. So I went back to Vertigo and actually kind of looked, looked at the, the score and I thought, okay, um, so I started with the character and then I started with the situation, but I kind of plotted everything through as if Hitchcock were to do it in terms of light motifs, in terms of uh, recurring stuff. Um, uh, but I also wanted to do something I'd never done before, which is I'd never written for a drum set. So I wanted to give myself some new, some new um, challenges. Um, but in terms of the, the Hitchcock, it worked really, really well. And but I wanted to take it a little bit further, so I think some of it's a bit unhinged, and 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 I like that about it, because um, it's a mix of tonality. It's there there are set there are sets in there, there are rows in there, um, but I really wanted to do um, Herman, and not necessarily Herman as the Truffaut, but Herman through me. So that's what I did.
Music in the vein of Bernard Herrmann by Rob Steele for the film Get the FK. Oh, everyone else is saying it. I may as well, too. Get the Fuck Out of Paris uh, by Greg Emetaz, who has another film in the festival this year as well, Death by Omelette, with music by Victoria Malloway. What a treat to talk to uh, the both of them. Fantastic music, great films. Uh, Death by Omelette is on the first night, and Get the Fuck Out of Paris on the second night. So far on the program, I've only played actual film scores, uh, but one of the fun things about the Sound of Silent Film Festival is we have two categories, a truly silent film, uh, so with no sound effects or, or dialogue or anything, and then a film that has no dialogue um, but does have sound effects, at which point, of course, we ask the director if they mind if, if we strip off the sound effects. And one of the great challenges for the composer in this case is that they have to actually recreate those sound effects acoustically, especially if they're germane to the plot. For example, uh, maybe you hear a, a knock off camera. You don't see it. You only hear it. But everybody knows what a knock on the door sounds like. Well, the composer has to recreate that acoustically. So I want to play just a very short score for a film called Marquee. Uh, the film is by Brian Zom. It's a wonderful dark comedy. It's going to open up the second night of the festival, Saturday, June 27th. The film uh, score is by Oren Bonet, and it uses just a ton of uh, wonderful special effects. He's been so imaginative in this score. So let's have a listen to Marquee.
<laughs> love that score. Uh, it's like Helmut Lachenmann wrote a film score or something. Uh, <laughs> it's so much fun. Oren Bonet's score for Marquis, uh, a dark comedy that opens up the second night of the Sound of Silent Film Festival. Film is by Brian Zahm. Okay, the last film I want to feature on the program tonight, or film score rather, is uh, near and dear to my heart because Access Contemporary Music has a film scoring class that was created and is taught by Trevor Patrick Watkin. And uh, this score is, is by the uh, students in that class, and, and they're, they're all uh, pretty young. I hesitate to call them kids, but, <laughs> but they're on the young side. And uh, I think they did a fantastic job. The film is called Listen to Me. The director is Tawasha Her. And uh, we, we did a really fun interview where the uh, students interviewed Tawasha. I was wondering if like, you could relate to any of the characters that you created in the story. Yeah, um, for me, when I write uh, and tell my stories, there's always a little piece of me in every character because I, I put, in order for me to think like the character, I kind of have to put myself in the position of the characters. So I kind of pull memories and experiences that I've had in myself or seen others experience through it or just hearing what other people have been telling me uh, throughout my lifetime. Uh, yeah, I would say that definitely uh, a little piece of me is in every character. Speaking about the characters, where did the idea of the characters came uh, come from? Because you have a deaf girl and a, someone with a prosthetic limb, and that's kind of a really like weird pairing that you don't really see much. So I'm just kind of wondering where that really came from. For me, I have like kind of these small characters that I kind of think about that where can I place them in a world or a universe where I could tell a story on. So sometimes I just dream about these characters or um, they just come to me naturally where I think, okay, I think a deaf girl uh, that is about the teenage um, here and then this other character, almost like a collage um, where it just all comes together into a, a beautiful collage piece where um, these seemingly different characters can come together in a world that just fits. So I would actually just like to go down the line um, because um, – whether you remember or not, we did this in segments. The way that the class is designed is that everyone, um, I, I chop up the film in roughly equal portions. I cut out the end credits because the end credits are meant to be sort of a pastiche of everybody's themes put together. And of course, everybody had very recognizable themes from their section. Um, but I wanna go down the line. And um, so Connor, I'm gonna start with you. Um, what uh, what can the director expect to hear from your section of the of the because uh, you start us out? I like to think that I I divided my section my section into two two subsections. The first part uh, with, with the opening shots with the more landscape shots of the city and of the school it's more of a more of an opening. But when um when when you get to the part where you start looking to the classroom, mm -hmm. um, that's when the main melody starts for me, and I won't. I feel like I'm talking about like a Marvel movie here. I won't spoil <laughs> too many things, but um, I worked I worked really hard in our melody to make it like simple yet moving. So kind of it was a bit personal for me because I had a friend who's dealing with a lot of like suicidal thoughts. So I really had her in my my mind while I was trying to come up with a score, and. All, all that really came to my mind was just the buildup of emotion because for her, 
all it was she would just keep it inside and bottle it up until one day it all just came out. So that's what I kind of wanted to put into my score. So in the beginning, right, it was a little bit of a buildup and then the sudden burst of emotion as hopefully Mr. Tuacha will get to experience. Uh, Liam, you were in the third section. I feel like my section, it had like a lot of emotions and a lot of feelings running through it because it was like a, it, it was a big part of the film to me because like she was like right there on the edge and he was trying to stop her. And so I wanted like my, my music and my melodies, especially the melodies to represent all of like the flowing emotions and like the buildup of what's happening between them. And I took advantage of like the sign language a lot of the times too, to like move where my music is going. And like, especially like the almost like unspoken dialogue. And then finally, Fiona, you sort of wrap it all up for us. Um, Talk to me, because yours, yours was a jump for you, compositionally. So what can you, what can you expect to hear? It's very dreamy, kind of more ambient almost. I kind of was taking, like, the general emotion of, like, those things that he was describing and the background and how beautiful that was and just kind of trying to make sounds that represented that and using their, like, the emotional shifts as like a loose map for the changes in the music. Okay, that's a conversation with our budding young film scorers. We heard from Connor Daly, Liam Lopescu, Fiona French, and Lila Moore. They jointly scored this film, Listen to Me, by Tawasha Her, uh, who we also heard on the conversation, and Trevor Patrick Watkin uh, conducted that conversation. So Trevor teaches the class. He's also ACM's flutist and our director of operations for the ACM School of Music. And I personally am just so excited about this film scoring class. It's really, really cool uh, to teach young people how to, how to score films and for them to have this opportunity to be part of a major festival. So Listen to Me is on the first night, Friday, June 26th. Uh, let's hear the score. Our musicians for the festival are Allison Berger on cello, uh, Trevor Patrick Watkin on flutes, Christy Miller on clarinets, Gloria Yechilevsky on percussion, Amy Wirtz on piano for the second night, Marianne Parker for piano the first night, and Henry Zhang on violin, all conducted by maestro Chris Ramakers. And our audio engineer for these sessions was David Wetzel. And when you watch the film festival, which I certainly hope you do, and again, go to acmusic.org to find out information about that, uh, you'll see the video production by Kimberly Schlechter. She's a fantastic job. So let's listen to the score now uh, by our film students. This is Listen to Me. And for Relevant Tones, I'm Seth Bosted. Thanks so much for listening.